Hi, everybody. This is Elizabeth Wallace and Catherine Adams. And we are recapping Welcome to Night Vale, episode 49, Old Oak Doors, part B, which is also the two-year anniversary of Welcome to Night Vale, the second part, since it was apparently, God, like two hours long, so they had to break it up into chunks. Um, And we are going to listen to this episode, and we encourage you to listen to the episode as well, because when we come back, we are going to spoil the hell out of it. So we'll see you in a few minutes. God, um, uh, Cecil almost likes Steve Carlsberg at this point. That was quite impressive. Yeah, oh my God. I, I do notice, though, it's funny, uh, it was exactly like the Indian Tracker, because he viewed the Indian Tracker as an embarrassment, and then yes. the Indian Tracker did something amazing, and yes. Cecil was willing to admit that he was an amazing person, and they had a big ceremony for him in a statue, which yes. they had out in a undisclosed area and then they buried the statue in the ground because he was still an embarrassment and it was right. the same thing at the end with this it's like oh yes steve carlsberg wow he's so great now go away stop yeah, embarrassing me don't come in here anymore don't touch me <laughs> <laughs> never again but of course i i was i was thinking it was going to come to blows when uh, he starts uh, doing impressions of all the other Night Vale characters. And we even thought for a second, we were listening to him do an impression of every single one of Hiram McDaniel's heads, and we're looking at each other going, is that, that's not the same actor, is it? No, he's just pretty good at it. He Spot did a good job. on. But then, of yeah. course, he had to mock Carlos's voice. And then oh. it's on. <laughs> you heard the audience, too. The audience is like, whoa, hang oh. on. Just wait a minute. <laughs> okay, let's jump back to the beginning so we can take this stuff in order, but... They announced all the places that the Europe tour is going. And as fast as I could write, I got Berlin, Helsinki, Paris, Edinburgh, and London. And that's not even half of the names of the places that they mentioned. And that would have to be because they have that much of an audience in that area. So this show is definitely international at this point. International fan following. It truly is. Um, So, yes, Steve Carlsberg comes in. You know, Cecil is talking. Cecil... At the end of last, oh God, 15 days ago, um, days. we had a knock on the door and Cecil is absolutely certain it's Carlos and he opens it up. He's like, you. And of course, it's Steve Carlsberg. And Steve Carlsberg is certain that what's going on, he doesn't think it's a smiling God. He's sure that it's big, uh, from the secret underground missile testing site. <laughs> Cecil says, Everybody knows the secret underground missile testing site is underneath the rec center, duh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but more interesting than him imitating Carlos was him talking about Carlos being an outsider, which of course becomes important later on. Yes, I saw that. I've heard that referred to as a Chekhov's uh, gun moment. So it's it's something that's mentioned in the first act, so you know it's going to come to play by the last act. Yeah, but the audience was definitely like, he calls Carlos an outsider, and the whole audience is like, ooh. That's what I love about these live shows. We get to hear all of the reactions from everybody. But he's saying that Carlos is probably a secret operative and what Cecil says. (laughs) It's like, well, that would be really cool, wouldn't it? (laughs) (laughs) But he says, no, Carlos is not. Carlos is one of them. And and then he says, someone says something about, you know, and these angels and you hear uh, Cecil in the background. No, not a thing. (laughs) 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 Refuse to admit that angels actually exist. But then 
what got Steve Carlsberg going, he actually seemed to be getting along with Kevin. It's like he and Kevin were sort of almost bonding at one point. He was thinking he was asking about the schools in Desert Bluffs and what Strex Corps provided schools will be like because he wants to provide for his stepdaughter. Janice, who that was the girl that Cecil was helping to sell the Girl Scout cookies for earlier on, who Cecil actually really loves and adores. And then what was it that Kevin had said? Kevin said, we've got perfectly good medical facilities to heal her of all her problems. And And there's this this pause. pause. And both Steve, uh, Steve and Cecil had the exact same reaction, and it's, oh, wait a minute, I don't what? understand. Yeah, what? Yeah. Heal her for what? What? What's wrong with her? And then Kevin is like, well, she can't walk, right? And they're both like, yeah. No, no. She, always, she's never been able to walk. Since she was born, yeah. Yeah. And then Kevin says, you know, but instead of having to build all these ramps all over the place, we would just fix her for crying out loud. And oh my god. Steve completely loses his mind. It sounded oh. like he hulked out there. It was he pretty impressive. He, like, Carlos, uh, excuse me, Cecil is sort of um, narrating what's going on. He's like, Steve Carlsberg just picked Kevin up by the bloody lapels, and the whole audience is like, yay! <laughs> And, and Steve is just like, you won't touch her. You will leave her alone. There is nothing wrong with her. And he throws Kevin through the door into that awful light. And uh, and Kevin is gone. So. He's gone. And I don't know if he'll ever be able to come back or not. The implication is no. He can't come back from that horrible light that was coming through the old oak door. But I tell you, I, had, I seriously had chills up my arms through that entire scene when he's just screaming at Kevin. And, um, and he, he throws him through the door. And then he feels completely calm again. And Cecil really, you know, is like, (laughs) well, Janice could do a lot worse for a stepfather. You hear Steve go, aww. (laughs) It was so so touching. It was really sweet. Of course, uh, uh, Steve's did get another t-shirt moment. uh, Another thing that I would love to see on a t-shirt when he's throwing uh, Kevin through the uh, door. He screams, I was only being nice about your eyes. (laughs) It's one of those random things that appeals to me. I don't know why. It's quite awesome. But that so that was Steve Carlsberg, who Cecil is okay with him. You know, (laughs) at least he he was good for a moment, and then he hugged Cecil, and Cecil was all uncomfortable and made him go away. But that's fine. So, but um, but then after that, the next person to walk into the studio is Dana. Enter Dana, and she's actually there. She's not a projection. She's not a recording. Not a text message. No, she is actually in Nightville, finally. Uh, Steve even said in his way out, he's like, well, aren't you impressive looking? So this is her, like, coming into her own like she saw herself in the future. So she's really, she's honest to God back. And then she's talking to Cecil about, you know, you've got the angels and you've got the strange army that's massing over on the other side of the doors. And then over the secret broadcast, we get to hear Tamika Flynn. Yes, the return of Tamika Flynn. And what was more interesting for the very first time, we heard, like, Dana's always like, she's such a lovely person and she's so sweet and she's so positive to everything, but she and Tamika start arguing with each other, which I never saw that coming. I didn't either. And I think, and Dana actually started getting a little pissy, which was very entertaining because, of course, she wants everybody in Night Vale to hunker down so that the uh, army of masked figures and the angels can save them and Tamika is saying no you must take up arms and we must fight against our oppressors and uh, don't 
worry about the fact that, you know, angels can't be killed, but Night Vale citizens can, and she has a great quote, it's, do not be defined by how you can die, but by how you can live, and everybody in the audience, yay! <laughs> so, of course, now Cecil is taking Tamika's side on this, that... Because he's seen what happens when yeah. Night Vale stands aside and doesn't fight. So he's saying, no, we really do need to fight. And he's talking, and he's trying to explain this as gently as he can. But in the background, you can hear Dana go, oh, that's fine. No, Whatever. I just got together a whole yeah. army. Whatever. <laughs> just <laughs> barely hear her, but it was so entertaining. It was also cool to hear uh, Tamika telling about all the different ways that you can defend yourself. She's talking about, you know, pick up a book, pick up this, uh, pick up the throwing stars that come standard in most issues of McSweeney's, you know, apparently, because if you do, books are still, as far as I know, illegal in Night Vale, last time I checked. There may be a reason for that, because they do seem to be kind of dangerous. Yeah, they come with throwing stars attached and bombs and other sorts of things, and that's just how it is. But Cecil, you know, gets everybody riled up, and he's really on Tamika's side, and he's like, we can't sit back, we've got to do this. And I hear, I can almost hear people shouting, take down Strix. And then there's a pause, and he's like, I can almost hear it. <laughs> and the audience comes in with him and the whole audience is chanting, take down Strix, take down Strix. It was awesome. It was very, another, another chills up my spine moment. But, um, and then we go to the weather, which was a group called Dessa. And the song was call off your ghost. And I thought it was really, I mean, as from what I can hear, I would love to go back and look at the lyrics in more detail, but it seems to be kind of like a, a moving on sort of thing. You know, I'm ready to move on, but I don't need to see you all the time. So call off your ghost. And it was just, it was a lovely little song. I really liked it. They pick um, some real gems for the weather. I just, it's, it's always obscure, but it's never boring. No, it's never boring. And for this one, I'd like to go, I'm, I'm one of those people, I, the live versions of songs are neat, but I always like the studio versions because I like that polish on it. I like the, the perfection that you get out of a studio recording, whatever, I'm spoiled. But um, I'm totally going to go look up this group and see if they have a studio recording of it because it was really close harmony on those singers. They were doing a very intricate job on that one. But It's kind of tricky. To, it, it was very polished for a live recording. A lot of times yeah. you don't get that sound. So I'm, no, I was no. impressed. And as long as we're talking about the music, I mean, Disparition was amazing. They just, it's, it's for a live show, you know? I'm, I have enjoyed them for, I've, I've, for condos, for the debate, and now for this. I've really enjoyed what Disparition can do live. So, yeah. And it's got to be trickier because they have to time the music to what's going on on stage and vice yes. versa. Yeah, and they're really good at doing that at, at like dramatic moments when the music needs to stop. They know obviously what the script is because you could hear them stop, and it's just silence going on. I mean, it's they they do really impressive work. But we come back from the weather to a message on Cecil's voicemail, and it's Carlos, and he's called and he said, "I'm sorry, I got your voicemail, but," oh, and my he's goodness. explaining what's going on. And it's, well, he figured out, he's the scientist, he was able to do his sciencey stuff, and he figured out that the reason why they couldn't close the oak doors was because everybody needs to be back where they started from, or in their right location. So the army of masked figures yes. have to get back over on the side of the oak doors with the endless 
desert, void, and, desert and the void. light and everything. Yeah, yeah, they have to be there. And Dana, you know, and the what was it? The uh, the angry marine in, intern marine. Yeah, yeah. The the angry woman in the intern's shirt is how he referred to her <laughs> as. But they all have to be over on the Night Vale side, and that happens. Everybody got to where they were going to, and then as the last masked figure gets over onto the side of the oak door with the desert, it slams shut. And Carlos is on the other side, and it's because he's not a Night Vale citizen. He and doesn't. He said, "As as far as the universe is concerned, I don't belong there." Oh, just, oh. and he was just. And of course, he wants to come back to Night Vale, obviously. But he said, "I don't even remember how I got to Night Vale." I mean, where the heck is Night Vale? She's <laughs> <laughs> got a laugh from the audience because I think that's been a huge moment of speculation for anybody listening to the show. They're like, "Where exactly?" It's like Springfield on The Simpsons. Where the hell is this town anyway? But yeah. But he was, he was the one thing. I mean, he was hopeful, though. He's like, I, I, he said, I will come back. It may take me a day, a week. Later on, he was like, maybe two weeks, you know. But, uh, but he was like, and also, Dana was right, because I've had 90% battery the whole time and perfect reception. So <laughs> he's got a little cheer from the audience. Yay! Yay. <laughs> so um, he said, that's another T-shirt moment, like you said. He said, I'll be fine. I'm a scientist. Like, so of course, and of course, Cecil isn't hearing any of this. No, this is all on a voicemail. All yes. of this is on a voicemail. So Cecil comes back and he gives the election results. Oh my goodness, the election results. That was, oh boy. I voted for Hiram McDaniels. You voted, I did as well. You voted when he called out the name and everybody held up their hands so that all of these hidden TV cameras that are filming here every moment will yes. be able to register this. Yes. So everyone voted. And of course, it totally it totally doesn't count. Yes, because it's from the pulses in um, uh, uh, what's the canyon, something Radon Canyon. The yes, pulses the pulses in Radon from Canyon. Radon Canyon. Which is interesting because, you know, I know they were saying to raise your hands, but I'm listening to the audience. I really thought the faceless old woman got a little bit of a bigger applause. And I think I, she did. I think she may be more of a fan favorite, and I can't agree. I'm sorry, I no, voted for Hiram. Hiram I, McDaniels. I may have to get a T-shirt for that. Don't blame me. I voted for Hiram. Yep, there we go. And um. So Cecil explains, you know, also, I think some of you voted for more than one person, and <laughs> that will be taken care of. You'll know it happened to your friends when they disappear from existence. So they take voter fraud seriously in Night Vale. They really do, but it didn't matter because it's the pulses in Radon Canyon, and he gets the results handed to him. Did he say who handed in the results? It was actually the election official, yes. and I think... This may edge out my attempt, you know, the idea that I would like to cosplay as a librarian. I think I would like to cosplay as a Night Vale election official because yes. they came in wearing the election official uniform, which was a plague doctor mask, an yes. off-brand Snuggie, yes. and stilts. <laughs> <laughs> that would make a hell of a costume. Certainly, but it would be pretty, pretty random. So you yep. would you would only have a certain segment of the population that would even know what the hell you're dressing up as. Well, once they see you, man, they would go crazy. Like, yes. I think you're an election official. <laughs> so the election official hands him the results, and the result is Dana. <laughs> Dana is going to be the next mayor of Night Vale. And the and it audience just, goes nuts. They just lost their minds. They just <laughs> went absolutely... Because you know what? Honest to God, now that I think about it, it's really the perfect solution. Because how could we really... I mean, 
Yes, I like Hiram McDaniels more than the faceless old woman who secretly lives in your home, but I understand that other people like her more. How could we possibly all be satisfied unless they picked Dana? Yes. And it's just, and it shows that side of her in the future, this respected person and everything. I mean, of course she's respected. She's the mayor. <laughs> and yes, when the audience started cheering, and I think Cecil may have made one attempt to move on with discussing the results some more and the audience starts going Dana 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 that that would be that's another one of the reasons why I would love to see a live show that audience participation oh that was great but then Cecil keeps on talking about the various things that happened how Night Vale all chipped in you know we got to hear about Nazir al-Mujahid who apparently showed the um the bloody uh, eyeless office workers that thing that he can do with his tongue <laughs> they kind of ran like crazy um simone rigadu the transient limbs of the science building i forget what she did i know she did something but she she helped to fight them off as well um and i think tamika flynn's army was shooting them with slingshots and copies of the seven habits of highly effective people which sounds about right that's pretty but cool. that would hurt now, here's something I don't know, and maybe you know why, is why are they always talking now about angels being wealthy? They've said that a few times. I don't know, because it almost seemed like there was a switchover at some point that I haven't been able to identify, because now Cecil is actually admitting he's calling them angels. So, yes. yeah. So, but, but the whole wealthy thing, I'm not sure about that. Yeah, because he said they were wealthy, and I remember earlier on, I think Dana had some said something about how they're very wealthy or whatever. So I, I figure, I feel like I missed something. And I I only just recently, like a couple days ago, finally listened to the debate, and I don't think they miss mentioned it in that one so i would welcome anybody to leave comments on yes. the comment section to please let us know what we missed yeah we, we would like to know i'm sure one of you guys knows better than we do um but i do like it's just a sign of the night veil fandom that cecil can say a line because what the angels did was they wrote a check to buy strex corp and it was okay because there was no one there to protest the sale. So Cecil says, according to American business law, that is a legal transaction. And once again, the audience goes crazy. I mean, how often would a line like that inspire all of those cheers? That's just incredible. That was really awesome. Wonderful Night Vale fandom because we all get it. The weirder, the better. Then he's talking about the station management office has now been replaced with a slab of cold stone in front of a dark cave with a pulsing red light and a feeling of dread or something like that, which means the old management is back! Yay! And everyone cheers, yay! Which could be good. <laughs> could be terrifying. Could but, be terrifying, uh, yes, because that was, they were, they were kind of horrifying, I remember. Yeah. But, um, and then uh, I, I almost forgot over in the mayoral stuff, I wrote this down. <laughs> when they're trying to get votes for either of the sides, you hear, I forget which head it is of Hiram's, the crazy one. <laughs> he screams at everybody, raise your hands for me or I will relieve you of the burden of having hands. Because <laughs> <laughs> the faceless old woman, when she's waiting for the results, she's just suddenly cut and I accidentally ate your highlighter. I'm sorry. I'm nervous. <laughs> I'll replace it with a crow feather as soon as I mayor. Yes, exactly. They were very certain about that. But then that's the other thing. They announced that Dane is going to be the mayor and Hiram McDaniels and the Faceless Old Woman are like, come on, let's, we're, we're not going to accept this. We've got plans to make. So They are they are not standing for this. I think um, we see that, well, of course, you know, the obvious problem is that she wasn't on the ballot at all, but, you know, the, yes. the, everything's voted on by the uh, lights in Radon Canyon, so that shouldn't be a big deal. She, the Faceless Old Woman tried to argue that Dana was a murderer because she killed her double. 
Yes. Hiram, of course, nah, doesn't want to really push that whole murderer thing because, no. you know, Hiram McDaniels. But he did point out that there's a 50% chance that she's not even Dana, that she's yeah. Dana's double. And apparently a double of somebody is one of the few entities that is not qualified to run for mayor in Nightville. It's even trickier because... Dana doesn't even know if she's the double or not. She's said that before. She's like, I killed I killed my double, or maybe I am the double and I killed myself. She has no idea. So, I mean, how can we prove that? So it's we haven't heard the last of Hiram and the Faceless Old Woman. So No, and the two of them working together, I think, is going to be very interesting and very fun. Yeah, it is. But, of course, after all of that, and Cecil giving his speech. And I end. have to say, the speech that he gave, the, the line that I thought was just the best, it's all, it's all very overblown and very inspiring and very dramatic and, you know, meant to be almost silly, I think, in its overblownness. But he did say, be, what is it, be proud of your place in the cosmos. It is small, and yet it is. How unlikely, how fantastic and stupid. And excellent. (laughs) And then after he says that, he pauses and he says... Oh, and then he says, I'm sorry, I have a voicemail. I better go listen to this. And both of us are sitting here going, because I guess I could have guessed that he hadn't listened to the voicemail before he came back from the weather. But I'm just, I hope we get a little bit bit of a reaction about that at the uh, the next episode. Oh, man, that's just going to... I know they'll have to bring Carlos back at some point, and we'll have, like, a dramatic reunion and everything, but it's Night Vale. It could take a really long... I mean, Dana, how many months has Dana been gone? It's been a really long time. It has. Probably... Didn't she disappear in, like, the second half of the first year, I think? So it may have been about a year and a half that she's been away, but the only thing that comforts me is the fact that Carlos does have good cell phone reception and, you know, 95% battery, so he will be calling and probably texting and I'm sure that will be adorable yes and also at least Cecil has Kashik back so that's good that's something does. You know? yeah you know I mean? once again we encourage everybody to send us a uh, fan art that you find we're a big fan of fan art and there was somebody I was looking to see if anybody's actually done a wood carving of Kashak. I know someone will do it eventually couldn't find any but someone did do a Sculpey carving and I just I loved it because it's a little long-haired cat and he looks very sweet and he's got three eyes and antlers coming out of the top of his head which I think is just it's just lovely it's just all cute. the different ways that the Night Vale fan art can be interpreted you know yeah. every every different kind of interpretation because of course that's the wonderful thing about it being a radio show you just really don't have a whole lot of concrete you know designs for these characters so anything goes it's always yeah. interesting I had a discussion with someone the other day who doesn't like any of the depictions of Cecil because their argument is Cecil has got to be able to go into all these places and know all these things. And so he must be like disturbingly normal looking is what he said. And I'm like, no, because we've got a city that accepts a glow cloud as the head of the student board and a young girl whose entire body is a man's severed hand. I'm pretty sure what's weird is normal looking. So that's exactly yeah so it's it's he looks very strange and very otherworldly and yet in that town that's fine you know anything goes yeah but i think that's gonna wrap it up for this episode uh sorry it took us a little longer to get this up we tend to record these on a sunday so it's been a few days since the episode went up but we, we got to it eventually plenty of extra time to avoid the spoilers 
Yeah, exactly. And now we're all caught up. Oh my God, thank God. We can go back on Tumblr again. So. Yes, I want. I have to reactivate my uh, Night Vale tag on Tumblr so I can start yeah. seeing more fan art because I was afraid yeah. of getting the spoilers from the... Yeah. Although I have to admit the, uh, the Welcome to Night Vale fan community that goes to the live shows, very good about not spoiling people. I've yeah. never seen... I'm, it's, it's rare to see a community that's that considerate about accidentally giving something away. Yeah, that's really admirable. And, you know, props to you guys who kept the secrets for us. And we didn't get... I didn't get spoiled a bit. I don't know about you, but I, not even a little bit. Me but, neither. Uh, nope, nope, mm. nope. So that'll wrap us up, but uh, send us your fan art stuff. Uh, send us the information that we don't know about. Why exactly are angels wealthy? We have no idea. And other than that, we will see you guys in a couple weeks. Talk to you later.